missing persons with unidentified bodies and linking serial crimes. After the first couple's bodies were found more than two years ago, a VICAP regional team comprising FBI Special Agent Benton Wesley and veteran Richmond Homicide Detective Pete Marino was invited by local police to assist. Another couple would disappear, then two more. In each instance, by the time VICAP could be notified, by the time the National Crime Information Center, or NCIC, could even wire descriptions to police departments across America, the missing teenagers were already dead and decomposing in woods somewhere. Turning off the radio, I passed through a toll booth and picked up speed on I-64 East. Images, voices suddenly came back to me. Bones and rotted clothing scattered with leaves. Attractive, smiling faces of missing teenagers printed in the newspapers, and bewildered, distraught families interviewed on television and calling me on the phone. I'm so sorry about your daughter. Please tell me how my baby died. Oh, God, did she suffer? Her cause of death is undetermined, Mrs. Bennett. There's nothing else I can tell you at this time. What do you mean you don't know? All that remains is his bones, Mr. Martin. When soft tissue is gone, gone with it is any possible injury. I don't want to hear your medical bullshit. I want to know what killed my boy. The cops are asking about drugs. My boy's never been drunk in his life, much less taken drugs. You hear me, lady? He's dead, and they're making him out to be some sort of punk. Chief Medical Examiner baffled. Dr. K. Scarpetta unable to tell cause of death. Undetermined. Over and over again. Eight young people. It was awful. It was, in fact, unprecedented for me. Every forensic pathologist has undetermined cases, but I had never had so many that appeared to be related. I opened the sunroof and my spirits were lifted somewhat by the weather. The temperature was in the low 80s. Leaves would be turning soon. It was only in the fall and spring that I did not miss Miami. Richmond's summers were just as hot, without benefit of ocean breezes to sweep the air clean. The humidity was horrible, and in winter I fared no better, for I do not like the cold. But spring and fall were intoxicating. I drank in the change, and it went straight to my head. The I-64 rest stop in New Kent County was exactly 31 miles from my house. It could have been any rest stop in Virginia— with picnic tables, grills, and wooden trash barrels, brick-enclosed bathrooms and vending machines, and newly planted trees. But there was not a traveler or a truck driver in sight, and police cars were everywhere. A trooper, hot and unsmiling in his blue-gray uniform, walked toward me as I parked near the ladies' room. "'I'm sorry, ma'am,' he said, leaning close to my open window. "'This rest area is closed today. I'm going to have to ask you to drive on.' Dr. K. Scarpetta, I identified myself, switching off the ignition. The police asked me to come. For what purpose, ma'am? I'm the chief medical examiner, I replied. As he looked me over, I could see the skeptical glint in his eyes. I supposed I did not look particularly chiefly. Dressed in a stonewashed denim skirt, pink Oxford cloth shirt, and leather walking shoes, I was without the accoutrements of authority, including my state car, which was in the state garage awaiting new tires. At a glance, I was a not-so-young yuppie running errands in her dark gray Mercedes, a distracted ash blonde en route to the nearest shopping mall. 
I need some identification. Digging inside my purse, I produced a thin black wallet and displayed my brass medical examiner's shield, then handed over my driver's license, both of which he studied for a long moment. I sensed he was embarrassed. Just leave your car here, Dr. Scarpetta. The folks you're looking for are in back. He pointed in the direction of the parking area for trucks and buses. Have a nice one, he added inanely, stepping away. I followed a brick walk. When I rounded the building and passed beneath the shade of trees, I was greeted by several more police cars, a tow truck with light bar flashing, and at least a dozen men in uniforms and plain clothes. I did not see the red Jeep Cherokee until I was almost upon it. Midway along the exit ramp, it was well off the pavement in a dip and obscured by foliage. Two-door, it was coated with a film of dust. When I looked